Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, I'm Harut Markarian, and this is Mobility and Inclusion, the show where we share the powerful stories of people with disabilities and daring entrepreneurs making waves in our world. From technological innovations to best practices in business, we'll learn what it really means to live in an inclusive and universally designed environment. Hello, everyone. This is Mobility and Inclusion. Uh, I am Harut Markarian, and my guest today is the artist who creates a better world of art with his mouth, Robert Florio. Rob graduated from the Art Institute of Pittsburgh in 2007 with a bachelor's in video game art and design. When he is not painting, he can be found performing at local comedy venues in the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia areas. Rob, welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? So nice to be here. This is fun. This is going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. So uh, tell me what, what got... what got you into um painting with your mouth uh well i've always been an artist when i was a kid but um something just called me to it and it was like really creative and it, just, it took me a while to get used to the fact that i have to do that but not with my hands so i mean it was really motivational for me it was kind of like a re huge release to uh create and um, those higher energies of creation back then was just came so natural. It was, you know, after a spinal cord injury, C4 in, two, in 1996, it was, it was, it was, it was a, such a dark time. It was like anything to get out of that was my escape. And I just lived in painting as much as I could. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, what kind of paintings do you do? Well, that's a good question. I started doing like portraits of, of dogs and um, people like oils and, and watercolors. Then I started mm -hmm. getting acrylics. But now I do like illustrations for like a comic book I'm working on. Been working on that for like many, many years. Someday I'll get I'll get it, you know, completed. Uh-huh. I was really blessed to, to meet the Mouth and Foot Association, the paint uh, Mouth and Foot Painters Association. Yep. Worldwide. And um, so I do some paintings for them now. Oh, like nice. Every, so so yeah. do you circulate your, your work uh, throughout the world? I'm working on that. Yes. 
That's awesome, man. That's that's great. So uh, how, you you mentioned that uh, that was a dark time for you when I guess 1996, you said? Yes. Yeah. So when that's when you had your injury, right? Yes. Okay. And how was I, I'm kind of curious, how was that transition from what what you knew you were and then what you now have to, you know, get accustomed to? How was that transition for you? It was very weird uh, in general, just having other people that I did not know from other countries. You know, some people were local, you know, nurses and things like that. But my parents took a huge role in, in taking care of me. Mm-hmm. And um, my two older brothers, they helped sometimes. And um, my sister, she's the oldest and I'm, I'm the youngest. Um, going from an athlete at 14 years old, you know, I was yeah. getting in trouble a lot, not focusing on school at all. Mm-hmm. And then this, it was just, it was, it's really bizarre to be taken out of your body and put into another. And like you're told, you have to get used to this now. It's like, uh, what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, it's funny you say that. I was I was an athlete all my all my li- life as well, and it was hard for me to get used to uh, transitioning from being an athlete to being now in some not not in athletic world, right? So I can only imagine what what you felt when you know you had to give that up uh, unwillingly, really, you know. Um, so, but, but, you know, for every, uh, everything, there's a higher, uh, reason, like more powerful stuff that you're into right now, like, like the comedy, like the painting. And, uh, so how did you take me through the process? How did you start learning to paint with your mouth? Who taught you, who introduced you to the tools that you can use with your mouth to paint and how easy, how hard it was? Um, well, first I went to, um, thanks for the question. I, I went to, um, the school at Kennedy Krieger in Baltimore for a couple of years. And there was a teacher there, Mr. Chambers, Alex Chambers, and gave me a mouth stick and some watercolor set. And on the first painting, I did this amazing, like, um, beach scene with, um, like a tropical tree, you know, like a and then I did like a paint a drawing sketch of a brain sitting on like a pedestal and the title was just brain smart and it got like second or third place on one of their contests wow after that I was just like I'm just gonna keep doing this um really it was just about drowning out as much as I could Mm -hmm. the depression and you know I have a baseball field right in front of my house. So the hardest thing for me was hearing, hearing the kids playing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I was just like all my friends in the neighborhood, just nobody came, nobody came to see me. I started going to, you know, private school in another, another county mm-hmm. and um, just lost touch with everyone. And it was just like, snowballed i didn't even know what was happening it was just like i couldn't face myself and all the friends i had in a public school setting yeah and yeah. 
in like special education my mom was like oh no 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 and I was like okay so I went to a school with a private school and even there I, I it was weird I became friends with all the geeky kids there I was the jock converted into the the like the kid that you know one wanted to talk to or hang out with but yeah. when they did come over and talk to me they were like someone's actually giving me attention and we would always you know develop that it was and they had a baseball team so i was like what am i doing to myself you know like oh my god like the mind the mind screw was just yeah. like every day and it yeah. was a christian school mm-hmm. so i had a lot of faith at that time but you know it was it was all it was like me saying universe god please just give me a talent or something just to get through this you know something that i can say to the world i'm really talented still and i can do i can do this and um, that opened up like the visions that i had in that dark tunnel in the hospital for like six months i stayed in a hospital yeah so that's that's pretty cool man it's it's pretty interesting how the transition happens right uh, and um there i mean again everything happens for a specific reason and um and i believe uh, that things happen to us to better ourselves right and now i'm i'm pretty sure right now you're a better artist because of what happened to you maybe if maybe if the injury didn't happen to you you would have been good at something else but that doesn't mean that after the injury you know that goodness is gone from your life it just the good came in a different way than you had anticipated maybe so it's it's always it's always a win-win situation in uh, in my opinion at least um and uh, you know what do you, what do you do what do you do right now other than painting oh god what what do i not do <laughs> <laughs> see that's what i'm talking about like you're more involved right now uh you know because a lot of people unfortunately uh, there's that stigma perception right when they see someone in a wheelchair then they see someone with a disability they they have these um predetermined uh conceptions if you will of what this guy can or cannot do so tell us what you are doing other than painting which which your paintings are great by the way i che- i'm checking that out on your website they're phenomenal i'm telling you like i was like shocked i've watched a few of your videos painting with your mouth too so it's really it's really good i encourage everyone to go to robertflorio.com to check out rob's paintings and know more about rob wow that was that was really nice for you to say that yeah of course I man i think i think you have a real real talent here and uh your artwork is great you have a book uh you have an art portfolio and the, uh, talk to us about the comic book what's uh, okay. what's holding you up there what's holding me up um it's a comic book <laughs> it's hard to market a comic book Mm-hmm. I did my book, um, and I was like looking for a publisher. It got really discouraging because they were like, "You either have to be super famous or like dead to get, you know, world recognition." So, um, where do I start? I guess after high school, 
I graduated a year after I should have just because it was just a lot to take on and I wasn't like in a great place. I actually went to the community college my senior year for a couple of classes, mm-hmm. um, art classes. So now like, um, whew, now is like a great time to be like talking to you right now because um, I did the stand up starting in 2008 or nine, I believe. So it's been like 10 or 11 years, but I haven't done that in the past three or four years. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. I stopped painting in the last three or four years. I'll tell you why. Um, so I had surgery on my neck and um, that, that two of them, there was some pinching nerves and, um, and then the screw was too close. So I was like, let's take the hardware out. And it took me like three years and I had four outer body experiences like three years ago because of the and the narcotics and the hospital visits yeah back bowels and the bloating stomach and the insane headaches and high blood pressures i mean i'm lucky to be here like 240 over like 160 you know like i don't know it's since i was a kid i was very high very like um determined mm-hmm. i was like like kids in the neighborhood would come find me to do their dirty work <laughs> rob, <laughs> rob this 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 kid's being a pain in the butt is messing with us come beat him up and I'm like, oh, no. okay i just, all i had to do was stand in front of, of kids and they would just run away yeah <laughs> after my injury it was kind of like the opposite you know like you got what you deserve jerk you know like that's how i felt so I had to really overcome that. And now it's like, uh, I do a lot of meditation. I've rediscovered, um, um, I've rediscovered my, my faith, but not so much faith in like, like Christ or Buddha, some of that more so like meditating through like elevating your energy yep, envisioning what it would feel like. And then, following up with that with like gratitude and the neck pain a couple of weeks ago is when I really started taking this serious so this is like very serendipitous that you reached out and and my friend Lisa you know who's a great great marketer and, and everything and she's I met her you know a year ago so things started coming together so awesome. I guess what I'm really trying to say is I'm looking for ways to like put my talents together now in a way that like I can support myself mm-hmm. and inspire other people. I don't know if I got off track on the, on the question, but. Um, no, no, you didn't. And I, I wanted to, uh, um, you mentioned something about the publisher kind of like shut you down and in, in one way or another, right? Uh, meaning you either got to be famous to sell your comic book or to be famous with it, or or you have to be dead. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's how <laughs> well, I felt. Well, I'm like I, I don't believe in that, and I think I uh, publishers uh, publishers lately have really lost um, lost their touch with their business model. You know, um, a lot of people are self publishing, which you can right. do as well. 
uh, and uh, I have self-published my book, which is also called uh, Mobility and Inclusion. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to do. And if you go through the correct path, um, it's easy to market and it's, it's easy to get a good revenue from. Uh, so, uh, you know, I encourage you to look at that path as well. Uh, but uh, talking about uh, publishing my book, in my book, I talk about how video gaming can be accessible. And I saw somewhere in on your website that you like video games, correct? Right, right. Yep. So how did you make video games more accessible to you? That's a really cool question because my favorite video game growing up was Earthworm Jim. And um, I played it all the time. I never conquered it. But that little guy took his head off and he had like a worm head. And every time he would whip it, he'd go, wow, wow. And it's just, I, was, I just fell in love with that. And I was like, in rehab, after right after my injury, I'm just laying there looking at the Nintendo and I'm like, couldn't play it. So I was like, one day I want to learn how to make games to help people play them. So after high school, I went and I applied for like a, a grant through like a state program, funded program. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there at first, we're like, there's no work for this around here. So you have to travel to get work for that. I mean, but we have Bethesda Softworks and um, some other in, in the area. And um, so I, I, I qualified and I was like, whoa, okay. Better two, four or five. Four years later, I graduated from the Art Institute of Pittsburgh online mm -hmm. for game art design. And um, I wrote to the game design conference in, in California, San Jose, 2010, for a scholarship to attend. So I won. I was like one out of 200. I showed up, and there was a woman named Michelle Hinn, and uh, she was my mentor for the disability special interest group mm -hmm. um the igda and i i told her i said i have all the matrix games right that were made i loved playing them with my mouth there was a special controller called the quad stick i think there's a newer version of it now but and i said i started looking up the game earthworm gym again in school and I looked up the video game, my second favorite game, which were the, all the Matrix video games. Like, and they were made by David Perry, the same guy who made Earthworm Jim. Uh -huh. I said, I want to meet that guy. So um, we were at the conference and I, I just told him, I was like, this is really crazy that, you know, I'm meeting you. And he signed all my stuff and I put, I made a documentary, which the trailer is on my website and online. I have two channels, but it's a little confusing, but um, I think the documentary was called A New Way to Live. Mm -hmm. My book is called Life with an Exclamation Mark. It must be a comedy. And um, so he invited me to do a volunteer game with like 20,000 other game designers that, that signed up to do this game. And like a year and a half, two years later, like a handful like maybe 20 of us were even left and the game was really cool it was like these beasts that you had to like procreate and ride them and race them and it didn't get to the next level of 
produced. But it was amazing to get recognition from him. And ever since then, like, I started looking into going to work for companies. And I was like, um, well, there, there weren't any interim jobs available. So I kind of gave up in a way. My neck pain got kind of worse. Then I, I um, went through a horrible breakup. An amazing woman, I thought, amazing for a couple of weeks. <laughs> a couple of weeks. And uh, my, my brother, Adriano, was like, what do you want to do like you're, you have a purpose and he was telling me this and I was crying and I was like I don't know I want to get some tattoos so for a couple of years I just got tattooed up and I was surrounded by all these artists and friends and I was like wow there's people out there who will accept me and I was always in the house all the time so um that just led to one thing after another and it was like me relearning how to socialize mm -hmm. it was crazy it was crazy like it was just simple stupid things like a, a hot girl would walk into the into the you know tattoo shop and i'm like huh i'd start talking <laughs> and like yeah. saying things that you normally don't say and my buddies would be like rob 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 you don't talk to girls like that you just don't like, i'll tell you what to do and i was like oh okay i get it now so that was my reinitiation i usually tell a joke i'm like um for me, learning how to socialize again was uh, the learning curve was steeper than a stripper learning to climb a pole. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was, you know, all at once just coming at me like those guys are out there like they really they're exposed. They, yeah. they live life like not like you might think, but. But, you know, that was, like, appealing to me. I kind of got lost in that for a little while. Um, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure that the socialization uh, skills or the, the proper way of socializing, again, took quite a bit of energy on your end, uh, even though I, I don't believe it should have taken that much energy. And this is not because of you. It's because our society, unfortunately, it's not built in a way in an accessible way right it's not um, we don't have my, my show is called mobility and inclusion and the inclusion i talk about is really on a spiritual level right well we're, we're we are all spiritual beings so it doesn't and the spirit doesn't differentiate between uh ability disability uh colors and religion right we, we are all the same we are all love we are all uh part of the creator right so and that's why that's why my show is called mobility and inclusion and that's really what i mean with the, with the mobility and inclusion i had another guest in my show that uh she's not someone with disability but part of her education was to put herself in in a wheelchair for a few hours and go around town with it right and she was telling me her experience and she was saying that people look at like, avoid looking at her avoid avoid making eye contact right they know she was there they're aware that she's there but they don't want to acknowledge her presence right so it was like an uncomfortable situation for them so they decided to avoid it right and i think that's what uh that's what really sucks because you know we should we should all acknowledge each other we should all uh you know uh extend gratitude and extend hellos to each other because we all are here and we all uh you know deserve to live in a similar way right 
Um, so that was really interesting how you adapted to the social life again. Now take us uh, through your um, comedy shows. How many shows have you done so far? <laughs> um, I really, I love your questions. It's like really cool to talk about this stuff. Cool. I, um, I probably did maybe like, I don't know, somewhere between 30, maybe 30 shows. Um, maybe more. That's, that's quite a lot. I mean, I, I'm, I'm impressed. It was, what happened was like, I started like liking it. Like I went to the Baltimore comedy factory. Thank you, by the way. And they, and they had a, like this contest and I just for two weeks wrote some jokes and just narrowed them down. And I went on stage or in front of the stage <laughs> and you can actually go on YouTube and see my very first time doing stand up. The nurse with me at the time was really, really sweetheart. She was laughing so hard. She forgot to hit record. So like the first two or three jokes, they didn't get caught. But the rest of the set was like, you can just hear people erupting. Because I went on stage and I was like, I got real quiet. I looked around. Just letting people like build that like weird tension, right? And then huh. I just burst it out acting like Timmy from South Park. I'm like, Timmy, 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 Timmy. And people were like liking that. And I was like, let me just clarify, I am not Timmy. <laughs> now here are some other jokes. And it was, it was fun. And uh, so I got into that a lot. And I started real recognizing that like doing some of the like uh, stand up other shows around mm -hmm. was a lot different than that show. <laughs> and the bureaucracy and some of the, some of the um, thick skin that you have to develop being a comedian. And um, I started noticing that like it, I was getting out and it was like two or three, four or five years doing this. And my original story was um, connected to my artwork when I wrote my book. Mm -hmm. And I started feeling a lot more pain in my neck. So I started taking more and more oxycodone to go out. It was came to the point where I was like, I thought that was normal. I'm like, give me some of that. I'm going to go do a show tonight. You know, I got a nurse that luckily wants to take me. Um, so it, that kind of got out of control only because the pain was underlining. It was masked. Mm -hmm. So um, my original story, which I didn't tell you about was I was an athlete and I, I, I saw my favorite baseball player Baltimore Orioles and his name was Jay Gibbons big guy like a, you know red hair has like huge swinging potential just muscular and really cool I was like I want to meet that guy right so a few weeks or months later I'm at bestbuy.com and I see this guy checking out big screen TVs I was like oh my god is that him so I introduced myself and I was like I'm your biggest fan can I paint your portrait it was like, sure. So that our relationship and going to the games and then his home run derby fundraisers to help me and, you know, Emmy nominated story on, you know, WBAL news and Fox 45 and 1090 AM mm. with Steve Davis associated press award winning story. So I started writing a book 
and I was like, people want to hear this. I got really discouraged that I, I couldn't get mobile enough to share that book. And, you know, it was like these big grandulous things that I'm like, I envisioned for myself. And I didn't realize that it might take more time than I, I knew. I always felt like I'm so special, everything's gonna happen. <laughs> Which is good to have that feeling, you know, it carries you far. So, I mean, there's a lot of facets about my life and interests. Yeah, well, I think I think you are special, and I think you should expect things to happen, regardless, right? Uh, in my in my opinion, well, this is what I uh, what I talk to people as well. So I do mindset coaching for athlete for athletes right now, and what I tell them: if you don't ex expect it, you will not receive it, and you will not get it, right? So you should expect it, and you have to aim as high as possible, like ridiculously high, and. Uh, and expect that you're going to achieve achieve to that 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 whatever target you uh, are aiming at, right? Because that's what's going to make you grow. That's what's going to make you try harder. Because and and when I say that, you really have to put your expectations where your wants are really are, right? So something that you really want, you know through your core that you actually want this to happen for you, then you should say, you should expect, uh, put a very high expectations on what you really want. If it's not something that you want and you're indifferent about it, then it's not going to work. So I'll tell that to anybody. But uh, if you know what you want, which for a lot of people, that's very hard thing. You know, a lot of people don't know what they want. They're like, Oh, I want a million dollars. Well, you know, everybody wants a million dollars. Well, why do you want that? You know, what's the, what's the purpose behind it? And why, why a million dollars? What are you going to do with the million dollars? So all these, and you know, the million dollars is just a vague example right now, but you know, let's say if you want to be a painter, then an artist, right. To paint. So what kind of painting, who are you going to paint? What are the portfolios? Uh, you know, and by the way, if you want, if you want to check out Rob's portfolios, you can go to his website, robertflorio.com. And that's R-O-B-E-R-T-F-L-O-R-I-O.com. And you can check all his work out. And I believe they can even purchase your artwork, correct, from your website? Yeah, I did set up a good, a good system yeah. on that. Cool. So, yeah, so go check it out. He has really amazing stuff. Um, and, you know, lastly, Robert, I want to just uh, say that as a progressive and evolving beings uh, we are where we are to uh, that we that we may learn and that we may grow right so this is this goes for everyone really we are where we are because we're going to learn from our experience and we're going to grow nothing is by mistake right so uh, I, I tell that to everybody and i want to thank you for your time uh, it was a pleasure having you with us today. I hope you had fun. Um, and again, I want to encourage everyone to go to Robert's website. It's robertflorio.com and to check his work out, to check his book out. It's really amazing what he does with his, with his mouth uh, and the paintings. Uh, it's really encouraging. It's really, really inspirational. Thank you, Rob, for being here. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I'm Harut Markarian. I'll see you all next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.